Revelation 18, starting at verse 11. Hear now the word of Almighty God, inspired by His Spirit, profitable for us. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thyine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men and the fruit that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee and thou shalt find them no more at all the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught and every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Thus far the reading of God's inspired word. Revelation chapter 18 verses 11 through 24. All right, verses 11 through 19, the merchants of the earth and the mariners of the sea 
Lament the fall of Mystery Babylon. We saw the kings in their mourning in verses 9 and 10. Now we see the merchants, then the shipmasters. Now we saw in verse 3 the merchants of the earth waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. They traded in foreign wares. They had foreign worship, a man-made priesthood, a heathen calendar, penitential canons, pardon selling. They would sell church offices and the forgiveness of sins, and they would give indulgence for all manner of incest and lawlessness to the kings of the earth, special dispensations, and they made much money off of these, these merchants, these foreign hirers. But now notice, no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. Here is the lamentation. The merchants made their wealth off of this trash. Now the trash, nobody wants to buy it. What are they sad about? Nobody buys our wares anymore. The lading of their ships with foreign goods, that's literally what the word merchandise means. Things you put on a ship and you sail from the other side of the earth, all these amazing delicacies. Their freight or cargo, the Dutch annotations put it. Not homegrown scripture truth, not the laws of the kingdom, not the wholesome food with which the great shepherd feeds his flock, but no, foreign goods. Babylon's trash in trade will be dried up. No more simony, dispensations, baptisms, churchings, etc., etc., for hire. All will be gone. Now notice the merchandise that they describe. Think of these men making this money off of these things. They're now lamenting over all the things they can't sell anymore. Gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, and purple, and silk, and scarlet. Now all these things have various aspects, but one thing in common. Men think highly of these things. Men put a high price tag and premium upon these things. Gold, silver, and precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet. These are marks of luxury, marks of opulence, of worldliness, of wealth. And many, and almost all of these, are foreign in nature. The word here for fine linen is a reference to Egyptian flax. Very soft, very delicate, very costly. That's one of the things. Then you have the notion here where it talks about this purple dye. It refers to it under the word purple, purphoros, they call it. Extracted from the shellfish by the people of Tyre to make them exceedingly wealthy and used to dye clothing. The word for what it refers to here as silk was drawn from China, a very valuable thing in those days. The scarlet made from crushing little insects on oak leaves, all of this borrowed from Ezekiel 27, where God shows a lamentation and judgment for Tyre, that wealthy merchant city that fell. Now spiritual Tyre, who serves spiritual Babylon, she shall fall as well. The thyene wood in verse 12, a wild citrus or cedar from North Africa. Vessels of ivory, verse 12, refers to elephantinos, 
Does that sound familiar? Elephant. The tusks of the elephant. Massive creatures slain. Why? Just to take the tusks and turn them into goods and wares. Foreign, exotic, luxurious, costly, worldly goods. Notice the pleasures of sense. Verse 13, cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat. Smells, bells, and belly gods. Precious things, the good life, a kind of ecclesiastical luxury and hedonism. Beasts and sheep and horses and chariots, feeding the belly, stroking the lust for conquest and dominion. All of this sold for profit, brought from foreign parts, imported in as if God were pleased with it. Slaves and souls of men. Now the word translated slaves here is literally bodies. These merchants sold body and soul. All of this spiritual traffic is dried up. No one wants to buy these things anymore. The racking of men's consciences, the selling of purgatorial release, pardons, pilgrimages, relics of corpses, etc., etc., all these gone. Matthew Poole comments, Whatsoever she had which allured men into her idolatrous communion, all their idols and images, cardinals' caps, priests' copes, all their preferments and dignities, whatsoever served the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life, whatsoever their own carnal and ambitious minds or the carnal and ambitious minds of others that courted this whore thirsted after, which brought them to seek her communion, they should all perish. Verse 14, the fruits that thy soul lusted after. Now the word literally means the autumn fruit. After summer has gone and things become overripe, they become extra sweet and juicy. That's what it's referring to. The sensual pleasures, those tasty, aromatic, beautiful forms of worship, the long beard of tradition, those romantic tales of the fathers and the councils and the monks and the abbots raising the dead and doing more miracles than Jesus. Yes, Thou shalt find them no more. All that traffic will dry up. All her profits will vanish. All her frauds will be uncovered. And they shall stand afar off for fear of her torment. As the kings did in verse 10, so the merchants, they lament, they wail, they howl, they weep, or literally, pentheo, they do penance, it says. Alas, alas, that great city, that mega city, they say, clothed in fine linen. Now remember, what did the kings say? The kings, when they offer up their lamentation, alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, that appeals to a king, doesn't it? What do the merchants say? Alas, Alas, that great city, that mega city that was what? Clothed in what? The wares that we used to sell. Fine linen and purple 
and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, everything that the merchants had sold, she used to be decked in those. I note then that human depravity has various expressions, but all are sinful. Human depravity has various expressions, but all are sinful. Kings may lust for power. Commies may lust for equality. Monks may lust for singleness. Whoremongers for whores. Harlots for their hire. Prideful men for a mask of righteousness. Loose women for open uncleanness. Satan's okay with all of it as long as it's against God. The merchants bewail the loss of their profits. The kings bewail the loss of their profits or their kingdoms and their dominions and their power. Human depravity has various expressions, but all are sinful. Hell will be full of all manner of sinners, those respectable to men and those not respectable to men, those who think themselves low and those who think themselves high. All will find a place in hell. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. Again, one hour, suddenly, unexpectedly, infallibly, irreversibly, this fall is coming. Notice also the shipmasters. You have the kings on top. Their wealthy merchants are next. Then you have the shipmasters, those who bring the cargo that the merchants buy from foreign parts. All the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea. They supported the merchants. They shipped their cargoes, their lading. These were the support staff, the shipping and receiving in modern corporate language. They too wail and moan. They say that in this city, Babylon, they were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness very similar to the dirge sung by the kings and merchants and best suited to their own profit that they gained from Babylon. Verses 20 through 24, we have heaven, the apostles and prophets urged to rejoice over the fall of Babylon. Babylon is compared in her destruction to a millstone cast into the sea. Verse 20, rejoice over her, thou heaven, God's constellation of saints, of prophets, of apostles, of angels, cherubim, seraphim, all are to continually rejoice. That's literally what it says. Keep on rejoicing at her fall. All you holy men, all you heavenly angels, continually rejoice in her fall. He refers to the holy apostles and prophets Hereby, the Dutch annotations say, are meant not only the apostles and prophets properly so called, who as members of one body and having one common cause would also rejoice about it, but also the ministers and teachers of succeeding times to whom all the same would happen according to the example of the former. God hath avenged you on her, for judged emphatically, God, your judgment upon her. This is a Hebrewism. God judged your judgment. He brought the vengeance of their evil done to you down upon Babylon. So rejoice, he says. 
And God requires us to celebrate the downfall of the public enemies of his church. This is a fact. Especially those who persecute his church, he calls upon us to rejoice, especially in the anti-Christian overthrow, to rejoice. Let us then pray for such a thing. Let us work for such a thing. Let us rejoice in the weakening and the final destruction of this whore Babylon. This is a step to the millennium, as we shall see. Once she falls, what happens next? Armageddon. And what happens after that? The millennium. And then what? The final judgment. If we would like to see the kingdom of God come and all things consummated, here's a step in that direction. Pray that God would overthrow this apostasy and bring it to nothing. Verse 21. A mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone to show the weightiness of this great work. Now in Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 63 and 64, Jeremiah did something like this. He took a little stone and he dropped it in a river. Here notice, it's a mighty angel that God calls to take up a stone like a great millstone and not to cast it into a river, but into the sea itself so that it may plummet down to the depths, never to rise again. Thus, with violence, the angel says, shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall no more be found at all. Gone, completely erased, nuked, we say. The Westminster annotations say, showing by a sure token that he or the, that there shall be a fall of Rome greater than the fall of Babylon. There, with Jeremiah, a weak man, here a mighty angel. There he taketh an ordinary stone, here a great millstone. There he casteth it into Euphrates, here into the sea. There Babylon shall sink, here it shall be thrown down with violence. There it shall not rise, here it shall not be found anymore at all. Completely and absolutely eradicated. Verses 22 and 23, we have the ordinary delights and comforts of this life. Any mark of joy or society all removed and abolished from Rome. Why? For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. This is the word pharmakeia, where we get our word pharmacy from. Your conjuring of spells, your poisons that you made men drink out of your cup, your magical incantations by which bread became God. All this deceived the nations. But in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth, even as her spiritual predecessor. Do you remember what Jesus said to Jerusalem? He said that you slew Zechariah the son of Berechias between the altar and the temple. And he said that you're also guilty, not merely for his blood, because they were going to kill the Son of God, and they were going to persecute the prophets, but you're also guilty of all the blood back to Abel at the beginning of time. Why? 
Well, because you succeeded in the place of Cain. You succeeded in the place and approved of the deeds of those who slew Zechariah, the son of Berechias. And this whore, she will succeed the Jews because she will approve and succeed in their place as she who persecutes the saints of God. The Westminster Annotations. Because she succeedeth the former persecutors and finisheth the work, and so is counted guilty of all the blood shed before also. And thus far the exposition of Revelation chapter 18, the second half, verses 11 through 24.